Well, just take a moment to honour every woman and every mum in this place today. And to thank God for your amazing attributes of love, nurturing and caring that he's placed in each woman. And even if you don't have children, these attributes are still in you. And we honour you too, because you are probably loving and caring for others every day, just as a mother does. So bless you. And we just want to show a um, short clip for Mother's Day. No crying. (laughs) This morning, I want to share with you about the qualities that God wants all of us to develop in our lives, not just the woman. The title of my message is Courage and Perseverance, Essential Ingredients for Life. What do the words courage and perseverance conjure up in your mind? A marathon runner? Iron Man competition, war heroes, mums who live everyday ordinary, extraordinary lives. I was reminded of this last weekend, looking after three grandchildren for four days, and I gained a lot more empathy for mothers again. The dictionary quotes, courage is the ability and willingness to confront fear, pain, danger, uncertainty or intimidation. Physical courage is courage in the face of physical pain, hardship, death or threat of death. Moral courage, the ability to act rightly in the face of popular opposition, shame, scandal or discouragement. Perseverance is persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. And whenever I need an injection of courage or perseverance in my life, I read an autobiography by Susanna about Susanna Wesley's life. I've read it four times in the last 20 years. She's one of my heroes. This book, it's about Susanna Wesley's life, is based on her journal. She wrote journaled all through her life, so it's true to what um, her life was like. When I look at her life, I search out the keys that helped her and gave her such perseverance and courage. Susanna was born in 1669, the youngest of 25 children. All the women go, ah! She was brought up in a Christian home where she was taught the disciplines of prayer and Bible reading from a young age. She was also taught by her father, who she adored, to think for herself. Now, this was very unusual for women in those days. At 19 years, she married 26-year-old Reverend Samuel Wesley. And when they courted, Susanna and Samuel would have lively discussions about faith, the Bible, and church, and she loved it. And that is what attracted her to Samuel. But sadly, when they married, that changed. As he worked hard to support her in the daytime and would shut himself in his study at night writing books. This caused Susanna much sorrow and loneliness. Also, contrary to her courting experience, once they were married, Samuel expected her always to accept his views so that he could hold undisputed sway in the home and she was expected to obey him in everything. 
Try and put yourself in her shoes. How would you feel? How would you respond? This video clip we're going to watch reminds me of the battle Susanna found herself in. Yes, cats stealing dogs' beds. <laughs> what is worth fighting for in your life? Has anything, <laughs> Has anything been stolen from you that is rightfully yours? I encourage you to take time this week to think about those things in your life that you're determined to fight for and write them down. Our lives are not much different from the dogs in that clip. There will always be cats trying to steal what's rightfully ours. And we can either take the easy way out and give up and stop fighting, or we can dig deep, find some courage, mix it with some perseverance, and fight for those things that are important to us. Susanna turned increasingly to God for help and comfort, pouring out her heart to him. And this is where she found comfort in her pain. God's love for her comforted her heart. In her first six years of marriage, <clears throat> she had six children, but only one set of twins, but only three of these children lived past the first year. Adding to her hardship, after her first child, they moved away from her family and she never saw her parents again. Despite her sadness and loneliness, Susanna kept her love for God alive. She organised her life so that every day, every evening, she would spend an hour in prayer and Bible study. Over the next five years, she had five more children. Twin boys who only lived a few days, and then the nurse dropped a baby girl who was left crippled. She now had six children. With Samuel away in London or shut in his office, Susanna, with the help of a housekeeper, homeschooled her six children, teaching them to read from age five, schooling them every morning, teaching them to read the Bible and pray. During this time, their home caught fire. They lost the majority of their belongings. Thankfully, the children survived. Her husband, Samuel, was not good with money and she was constantly poor, struggling to put food on the table. And once he ended up in jail for having high debts. Isn't that enough? Keep going. Over the next year, Susanna had eight more children. Only four of them survived. So in total, she birthed 19 children and 10 of them survived to adulthood. Again, their house caught fire. And this time they lost everything, but thankfully none of the children. I asked myself, how did this woman survive? Are there disciplines we can apply to our lives that will give us the ability to go through tough times? What was her source of courage and perseverance? I noticed that whatever life threw at her, she always got up again. She persevered through pain chaos, heartache, and face the challenges with courage. Can we have that same courage and perseverance? When you read a book, you see the one thing that comes through strongly throughout her life was that she diligently continued to do those things that mattered to her. What mattered most to her 
was her daily time with God. She didn't allow her circumstances to determine whether God loved her. She held tight to God's truth that he did love her and drew strength from that, which enabled her to love her husband and her children. When she was young, she had promised the Lord that for every hour she spent in entertainment, she would give him in prayer and the reading the word. But taking care of the house and raising so many children made this commitment impossible. She had no time for entertainment or long hours of prayer. She worked the gardens, milked the cows, schooled the children. She struggled to find a secret place to get away with the Lord during the daytime. So she taught her children that when they saw her apron over her head, they were not allowed to disturb her because she was praying. She was devoted to her walk with Christ, praying for her children and growing in the knowledge of the word. You see, courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes courage is that little voice at the end of the day that says, I'll try again tomorrow. I will never, ever give up. And I love that song we sang this morning, Jesus never gives up on us. He's always there always there. The other great priority in her life was teaching and training her children to love God and to give them education. Susanna would set aside a night each week for each child, this is besides teaching them in the mornings, and she would spend that time individually one-on-one with that child, finding out how they were going, connecting heart-to-heart with that child, and encouraging them to discuss with her any spiritual concerns that they had. She diligently did that all of the time she had children. And this greatly impacted her children, especially two of her children, her two sons, John and Charles. Interestingly, this was the one area she treasured most in her own life, and that was companionship relationship. So one thing she didn't get from her husband So one thing she didn't let go. She didn't let the cat steal her bed, so to speak, from that clip. She didn't allow her husband's denial of his companionship to destroy her life. She fought for comfort in her loneliness by getting her needs met through her relationship with God and then passing that treasure on to her children. She also passed it on to the people in her community, when her husband was in London for long periods of time, she, would, she started a Bible study on Sunday afternoons for her family. But the word got round to the neighbours that she was doing this. And before long, 300 people came every Sunday afternoon to hear her share the Bible. Susanna's moral courage to stand up for what she believed in was seen through an incident with her daughter Hetty. Hetty had eloped with a young man who had promised to marry her. But after he'd had his way with her, he left her. She returned home repentant to the house, the family home. But Samuel, her father, rejected her and would not allow her back into the house. But Susanna showed moral courage. She stood up for her daughter against her husband's wishes and insisted that Hetty be allowed to live with them. 
Samuel actually never forgave or reconciled with his daughter. Yet this thorn in Susanna's heart, can you imagine a mother's heart, became the catalyst for a reformation in the church through her sons, John and Charles. Her fierce determination to see God's love and forgiveness ministered to her family, so impacted her sons that they preached, much to their father's disgust, that God forgives those who repent and we should do likewise. Susanna kept loving God and her husband through all these trials and God, ever faithful to his promises, turned it all for good. Interestingly, her husband Samuel prophesied on his deathbed these words. The Christian faith will surely revive in this kingdom. You will see it, he said to his family, I will not. Susanna went on to live a lot longer than her husband. He'd actually fallen off a horse and um, that caused him to die earlier. And that is exactly what he prophesied happened. His sons, John and Charles, Charles, preached radically throughout England that sins could only be forgiven if one accepted that Christ had died to save sinners and faith in him saved them from the law of sin and death. Interestingly, their father tended to live more under the law of sin and death and their mother more lived in that relationship with Jesus. And the boys and the kids would have seen the two contrasts of religion and relationship. And they chose what their mother had chosen. They caught their mother's heart, her love for God, and her faith in Jesus. Susanna's attitude to her trials were written in her journals. And in her last year of life, she wrote, I have many years suffered much pain and physical infirmities, but those very sufferings have, by the blessing of God, been of excellent use and proved the most popular means, proper, sorry, they wouldn't be popular, popular means of reclaiming me from vain conversation. All my sufferings have concurred to promote my spiritual and eternal good. You can tell that was written in the 1600s. It reminds me of this verse in James 1, verse 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Throughout her life, Susanna allowed every trial to reset her priorities. Now, trials can so easily actually throw us off. Um, Unexpected things happening, as you saw from her life all the time, can throw us off. But she used it every time to reset her priorities and to say that is what is most important to me, that's what I'm going to live for, that's what's going to um, take my time, and everything else can move across. That is what I'm going to live for. She clung to these things that she treasured in life, and it was relationships. That's what she treasured. 
her relationship with God, with her husband, and with her children. She didn't allow any tragedy, any grief, any disappointment, any self-pity or laziness to rob her of these. And our Heavenly Father promises in Galatians 6 verse 9, if we don't become weary and doing good, at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. And Susanna Wesley saw a harvest. She lived to see it. Her husband didn't. See, our deepest desires are not always met the way we expect. For Susanna, her desire to spend quality time with her husband was never met. She could have let the cat rob her of the joy of her life, but no. Her deepest desire and passion for her love tank to be filled by quality time from her husband was channeled instead, turning it to God. And her heart was satisfied. Our circumstances don't change the truth. We are loved by God. And in living in that love, we will find fulfillment, no matter what life throws at us. Amazingly, it was through her own life that Susanna Susanna saw that same desire for a relationship fulfilled in God's heart. You see, God longs to connect with every person he's created. And it was through her sons, John and Charles, that had been nurtured in their faith so well by Susanna. They were used by God to bring revival in England, to bring hundreds of thousands of people into a vibrant relationship with God through faith in Jesus. And God's heart would have been filled. Her life is such a, <clears throat> an example of how our Heavenly Father is. In Ephesians 3 verse 20, God is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. According to his power, that's at work in us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I'm sure Susanna Wesley could never have imagined the fruits of her life. If you'd looked at her back with, you know, heartbroken of how her marriage turned out and um, just the things that happened in her life, if you'd just looked at that window, you thought, well, what a life. That wasn't much of a life. But you look at the end result of a person who persevered and never gave up and what God did through her was actually through her sons. He did it. Just amazing. See, the abundant life Christ had for her and has for us, she would never have imagined the fruits of her life. And looking back, she, must, she lived to see it. And um, she was just amazed at what God did. Her life impacted so many souls for eternity. To me, that is abundant eternal life that Jesus talks about. He promises each one of us that where he has abundant life for us. And to me, it's to see us get to heaven and have eternal life and others come with us and influence others to come with us. That to me is abundant life. 
Imagine if she'd let the cat, the disappointment of her husband's attitudes, steal the fulfillment of her heart's desire for a relationship. Denied by her husband, but found with her heavenly father. She would probably have lived a frustrated, limited life and maybe died a bitter old woman. But her choice made the difference. That was her choice. It was her priorities. No one was going to take away that hour every night with her spending time with God and in the word and praying. And all the people that found God through her son's preaching would have missed out if she'd become a bitter old woman. And it's amazing to think it's as simple as choices. If you hone it right down, came down to choices that she made, priorities she made in her life and fought for. She fought for them. And that's not always going to come easy in our lives. We have to fight for them. Things will try and rob us of those things. But really, every time something might come across your life that settles your life or upsets it, go back to your priorities and make sure they are there and don't let anything take them away because they are what the fruits of your courage and perseverance will come from. It's your relationship with the Father. It's that love that feeds us and gives us the ability to be who he wants us to be. In Romans, (coughs) excuse me, 5 verse 3 to 5 it says we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance oh no is that how you get our perseverance that's what the word says okay I'll read again we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope and hope does not disappoint us Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. It's not just us. It's not just reliant on our abilities and our natural strengths. It's a supernatural God living in us, helping us to be and do what he wants with our lives. How can we look at Susanna's life and rejoice in her sufferings? Because so many people came to find Christ through her influence. The challenge to us is to rejoice in our sufferings, knowing they will produce perseverance, character and hope, and that does not disappoint. For those mums or grandparents around with children, you can praise them as you go about your chores. You can thank him for his amazing creation when you're outside Because he speaks to you through creation. It's a choice. And your kids will pick it up from you if you do it. You can set aside time to read the Bible. So that your mind can be aligned with God's thoughts. And you can pour your heart out to him prayer. Even if it's pulling your apron over your head. Praise Jesus for he is the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords and he is able to save every one of us that come to him. His loving kindness, God's loving kindness is better than life. Better than a cushy life and having everything you might think, the pleasures of this world. God's loving kindness, that relationship with him is better than life. 
Don't let anything or anyone rob you of your abundant life in Christ. The reward of our faith in Jesus is our own salvation and others that we influence. If the musicians could come, that would be great. I just want to encourage you while I'm coming to stand. I just want to read um, some verses from the Bible. And think about, as I read them, think about what they mean in your life. In Isaiah 40, verse 28 to 31. Do you not know? And have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those of us who hope in the Lord will renew our strength. We will soar on wings like eagles. We will run and not grow weary. And we will walk and not be faint. I just encourage you, just if you want to, to close your eyes. But just take a minute now just to think, Lord, I put my hope and my trust in you afresh today. Help me to draw from your strength and not rely on my own. And just open your heart afresh to him and drink of his love again. It's easy to get so busy. We weren't meant to do this life alone. We were meant to do it with him. Let his love just flood your heart afresh and come in afresh. Lord, we ask you to help us fight for the abundant life you have for each one of us here today. Help us, Father, to determine each day to live in your love. To choose those things that are really important to you and to guard them, fight for them and prioritise them in our lives. Amen.